Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Ambridge on the Couch, an in-depth look at the Archers with me, Harriet Carmichael and Lucy Freeman. First, we need to say a big and belated thank you to Luke Hannington, who devised and made our lovely perky theme tune for us, which is amazing. Thank you, Luke. <laughs> yes, thank you. And this week we have another special guest for you. Don't get... Don't get used to this because people are going to start saying no any minute now. Um, so you cannot say we never give you anything. I was lucky enough to have a lovely chat with the amazing actress, comedian, voice artist and Archer's super fan, Kate Robbins, who Woo! was very gracious despite having a wobbly internet connection. Uh, I think we should remind ourselves of what happened last week in Ambridge. Lucy, it's over to you. Uh, we began the week with Brian and Alice in the Eco Off-Licence office. <laughs> Alice is determined to get everything about having a baby absolutely, completely, perfectly right. Oh, good. That bodes well. In my experience of two babies, if one of you is dressed and not covered in poo by 11am, then that counts as an absolutely, completely, perfectly right morning. But of course, what will help Alice considerably will be having a non-judgmental mother with high expectations and a tendency <laughs> to look down on those who are less than odier. Susan <laughs> reframed the world's most disastrous interview since Kerry Katona appeared gurning on this morning as heroic. That is a stretch, Susan. That was before the piece came out, obviously, in which Neil appeared as some sort of whinging plutocrat who was carried everywhere on a sedan chair by malnourished orphans. Brian was not pleased. You have made us look heartless and overprivileged, Neil. And under no circumstances did we want people knowing the truth. <laughs> Susan got on the blower because when you're in trouble for opening your big gob, opening it again is always the best policy. <laughs> Neil, although the enormity of his actions had finally sunk in and he was making whale noises again, told her firmly that if we act guilty, people will assume we are. You are guilty, you idiot. You did the interview. <laughs> However... On the plus side, it has put the kibosh on Susan's desire to be a local celebrity and to get back on radio gobshite. Thank the Lord! She has discovered the dark side of celebrity. Well, there you go, Susan. You live by the sword, you die by the sword. You don't catch Liz Hurley reading the comments. <laughs> to be fair, though, she probably has someone to read them for her. But still, Alice FaceTimed Chris. Who FaceTimes their spouse? <laughs> In an emergency. <laughs> you just message them and say, don't forget milk, surely. Anyway, she gave him the glad tidings that they were due at Peggy's that evening for dinner. Chris was so appalled at the prospect of spending an evening with Obergruppenfuhrer Woolley, reading the Daily Mail editorial out loud and highlighting the more fascist bits and fluorescent pen, that he slammed his own hand in the door of his truck. <laughs> Drastic, but justified, I think. 
Justin attempted to perform a somewhat perfunctory visit to Bridge Farm, but now Tony's got his train set, there is no such thing as a perfunctory visit to Bridge Farm. Considering he only got the thing on Thursday, was it? He did a hell of a lot to it. He did Holloton Junction. Look, this is a scale model of the station shop. This is the elm tree by the level crossing. This is a little model of me in my red jumper standing on the bridge waving. And this is a little model of my mum changing the locks on the house so I can't get back in. (laughs) Oh, it's bigger than I thought, said Justin. Then he had a look at the train set. Tony tried to suggest that Justin got a hobby or failing that to put his spare energy into Lillian. Justin had already talked about how much stamina he had. So she's in for a treat. (laughs) Tube of Dentifix, pack of Sanatogen. She'll have all the new interests she can cope with. Sadly, by the end of the conversation, he had realised that no one was going to pay him to have sex with Lillian, least of all Lillian, so he made an abrupt switch to deciding to develop a new business with her. Have you considered modern slavery, Justin? It's very now. (laughs) Peggy is on the scent like a bloodhound in Winsmore about Alice. She's roped in Emma, too, and they both had a conversation about Alice being an alky without talking about Alice being an alky. It was all done under the guise of concern for Alice as a mother, but you didn't have to be Poirot to figure out that they both thought the baby wasn't going to be the only one permanently attached to a bottle for the next 12 months. <laughs> Peggy talked comfortably about her own experiences. Of course, I had a hard time with Tony, but that was because he was a vile baby and I hated him. <laughs> Emma has a cunning plan. Involving a fundraising assault course with the money going to the Save Kirsty Miller from her Terrible Taste in Men Foundation. <laughs> the course involves risking Viles disease by crossing the Bridge Farm Poo Lake on a raft assembled from Auntie Cardboard's gingers, a mucky scurry up Adam's polytunnel and a bout of hand-to-hand combat with Jill. Finishing with a wild swim up the Am path, spiritual hummus, and the one who gets out of the water without separating chemical sores wins. <laughs> As well as forcing the village to take part in the sort of activity that Andy McNabb would jib at, she wants to build bridges with Alice, who decided to happily forgive a spectacular family rift and jibes about alcoholism in exchange for a free piece of chocolate fudge cake. Neil, who appeared to be breaking in a new pair of teeth for the occasion, propped over to see Shula at the stables. She was gearing up for a workshop on the future of worship in the UK. Let's hope the future of worship in the UK is not Shula. Or I'd suggest the Archbishop of Canterbury might want to retrain for something in cyber. Neil went to see her to confess his worries. I really don't think Shula's got the hang of this listening business. As I said before, I am no expert, but I am pretty sure that as a vicar, when a member of the congregation comes to you for some advice, you don't tell them to shush and shout, my go, my go. Good job she's not Catholic or she'd be taking confession, whipping into the confessional before the penitent. The conversation ended, rather bewilderingly, with Neil and Shula agreeing to pick each other up, which again seems to be give the impression <laughs> that she hasn't quite grasped the boundaries needed for this type of activity, especially given their previous history of shagging in haystacks. Then, Krusty's number came up to go and see Shula. Same thing happened again. I need to tell you what happened to me, said Shula, and chanted on about Philip again. Oh, who cares, <laughs> said Krusty. How do you fancy being a double agent? No, thank you, said Shula. That's a terrible idea. And anyway, I don't want to. It's not about me enough. She then proceeded to lecture Krusty on the importance of her taking control of her own life and not flailing around. This from the woman who damn near committed perjury, divorced her husband because he was boring, then got cross when he took solace in another woman's schnauzer, ham-fistedly attempted to help a homeless man and got him run out of the village and then fannied about trying to decide whether or not to be a vicar for decades. Krusty, if you want a double agent, may I suggest Johnny? Unlikely on the face of it, I agree, but under that woolly hat, 
lies a devious mastermind who correctly divined Tracy was Jazza's secret love within a second and a half, with only the whiff of Angel by Thierry Mugler to guide him, plus the fact he'd had I Heart Tracy Hobberin tattooed on his forehead. Yes, Johnny is your spy catcher here, Krusty. Isn't surveillance brilliant? The end. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, you did miss uh, um, Sheila declaring her love for Kirsty. <laughs> I know. The hell was that? I love I, you, Krusty. I <laughs> love you, Kirsty. But but I was like, what? I was in the bath and I always jumped out <laughs> at this this twist in the plot. <laughs> well, that was unexpected. I mean. I don't remember them even having a conversation before, particularly. <laughs> no, I know. Things they haven't. They haven't. don't they? Jesus. <laughs> but it was the awkwardness of the way she said it yes. as well. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she didn't believe what she was reading there. I'm pretty sure too, yes. <laughs> I think I might have missed an episode, having listened to your what? week in Umbridge. Where, yes. she, where she came out. Where she came out. <laughs> And, uh, and a short-lived affair with Krusty. Yeah. Where she came out and where she picked Neil up. Did we, did, was, you know, I thought when I heard Emma saying she'd had a chat with Peggy. Yeah. Was that in an episode or was that just reported? What? What? Was, Say that was, again, sorry. <laughs> I think I might have missed an episode. I didn't hear Tony and Shula having a chat. And I didn't hear Neil Emma, and Shula. Neil and Shula having a chat, and I didn't hear Peggy and Emma having a chat. Okay, have you did you did you nod <laughs> off on Wednesday and came up just now? Because that know. was Thursday and Friday. Well, Thursday, Thursday. Oh right, I must have missed it. I, I get confused. <laughs> I I know they miss out one episode a week. But you think you get to choose which one it is, so and that it, means that you just miss one and then go. Well, because oh, when, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm catching up, I have no idea what date it is mm. in January or February. So I must have missed an episode. Never mind. But what's, what's really helpful as well is that BBC Sounds gives you the episodes in no order whatsoever. That's the problem. Yep. It, because I was sort of playing them and then doing next, next. Yes. And I think it missed one. I think it must have done. Well, every time I log on to BBC Sounds, it tries to make me listen to Jill Archer cooking mince pies two years ago. So, <laughs> the hell that's about? I don't know. But I've given up with BBC Sounds now. It's like, well, I've given up complaining about it, although clearly I still am. But it's no, like, you love it's it. like an aunt with senile dementia. That's, you know, it's like... But- we had our lunch, you know. Oh, God. It gave you the poltergeist. Did it? Yes, you that you loved the Battersea poltergeist. Yes, yes, yes. That's On good. BBC Sounds, <laughs> music, radio, podcast, and a really annoying interface that you can't work. <laughs> um, oh, that's annoying. I missed that, but never mind. Did did Emma um, basically? sort of did did Emma and Peggy come to the same conclusion yes, about Alice it was sort being of an like, alcoholic? How is Alice? Ah, okay, but it was about the pregnancy. Oh yes, it was like that. Right, okay, okay, but ultimately about the thing without talking about it, and then Emma went off to go and see Chris. I was thinking that Susan would be a good candidate for um, you know, the new GB News Channel Mm -hmm. with her right wing views and her (laughs) outspoken views on modern slavery. She'd be perfect. The new Anthea Turner. So I think we should start a petition to get yep. her on. Yep. Because petitions <laughs> always work. We know that. Yep. Um, and also another question. Yes. I know this isn't the way the podcast is supposed to go. But did Chris um, do his hand on purpose so they didn't have to go and see Peggy? No, no not really. No. Oh. 
<laughs> that is a joke, Harriet. It's what oh. we in the trade call a joke. Um, <laughs> I but I you may not have come across this before in my monologues, <laughs> but this week I thought I'd put one in. Um, I think it because it, I was quite worried about Chris's hand because there was a scene yes. where Emma t- and he sounded like he was sort of in pain. <laughs> Or masturbating, quite frankly. I think he was in pain, but it just sounded kind of... Um... It sounded more serious than it then became. Yes. So, so I don't know if he was... Like this, and I thought, oh my God, he's cut his hand off or something. And I instantly assumed that he was acting in order not to go to Peggy's that night. Oh. That was my first inclination. Oh, you're cynical. <laughs> well, says she. <laughs> Have you ever... Feigned a major injury in an attempt not to go for tea with an elderly relative. Yes. <laughs> Have you not? I remember getting out of a dinner party once. I'm pretty sure I said that Rufus was having a vasectomy. <laughs> but then embarrassingly, the other two yes. children? <laughs> embarrassingly, we had another baby the year after. So Just say it didn't take. It didn't unsurprisingly, take. we never got invited back. <laughs> I love the way that you did it to Rufus as well. You didn't even say you were having, you know, food poisoning or something. No, he is having his tubes tied. Sometimes yep. you're just desperate for... <laughs> when you're on the spot, you know. <laughs> I could just, you sort of, with your eyes flashing from side to side, thinking, what can I say? And then the words, he's having a vasectomy! It's a very good excuse, though. Because you, can only you know, use it once, though. Yes, true. And you can't have another child afterwards. <laughs> you can't have another vasectomy, and you certainly can't have another child. <laughs> yeah. Do you believe that she's not drinking? Yeah. Don't okay. you? I, don't I, know. I, I think, I think she's gonna really not. Well, try not. Well, I, I don't think she's gonna have a relapse until the baby's born, because mm. I think that's too tricky for them somehow don't mm. you yeah. i think people wouldn't like it yeah uh, i thought i thought emma um emma and her was a really good scene yeah i love it when emma's being mature yeah because it happens so <laughs> little yes she was being really articulate and mature yeah. and and uh yeah i thought thought that was quite good and i like the way when i like the way that when she said to um uh she said to alice uh she said oh God, you really don't ever think other women look better yes. than you, do you? And I thought, no, she doesn't. That's you've summed up. You've summed up, Alice. Absolutely. Exactly. But I think it'll be what Peggy said. And um, when when the baby's here, then she'll start drinking again. Yeah. Because Peggy basically said that would happen, yeah. didn't she? I think. And she said you might be all right now, but mm. you know. And she's already setting it up, isn't she? I want to be a perfect mother. I want oh, to get everything yeah. absolutely right. And oh. you think, no, please. Well, I thought it was that. odd that she was only going to have three months maternity leave. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> I thought Jennifer would have put her foot down about that. Or, you know, yeah. it just it's not a lot, is it, to then come straight back to the office? But then it's like Alice's family script is... Oh, she, despite the fact that her career's gone nowhere um, and she's now working in a shed on her father's farm. Um, with a tub of ice cream. With a tub of ice cream in the freezer. Um, and vodka stashed behind every ring binder. Um, they, the family script is, oh, Alice is, is a career girl. She's not about home. She's not, yeah. you know, she's... So it's almost like <clears throat> maybe she never wanted to have just three months for maternity leave, but she felt like she ought to. 
I think when your family script is given to you really, really clearly, you know, yeah. you are this one and you are And that also, one. you are, the, as Brian said, Adam's not fun. Yeah. True. Yeah. But, but so that, so, and that's the thing, isn't it? She's always been the fun one. Yeah. She's the one that's always had a drink. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's really hard. If you are the party girl, yeah. it must be very hard to say no to having a drink. Yeah. Yep. Yes, it's, it's, the thing is, as she gets, I think you're completely right that they're not going to let her start drinking while the baby's in utero. But I, mm. I think, because, I just find it really upsetting. It, I find it really hard to listen to. Yeah, I do as well. I, I, and, and also, I think what will happen is as well, because obviously Chris, the baby will be born, the baby will be born safely. So Chris will be able to sort of relax and spend more time worrying about the baby and forget to mm. sort of support Alice, mm. I think. And obviously, you know, you go a bit crazy anyway, don't you, when you've had a baby? So yeah, I don't know how she's going to not have a drink. I mean, she can't palm the baby off on Jennifer because Jennifer's bringing up half of Ambridge's age. She can't bring... <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't got time. And she's doing the website. She continues when she remembers that, that she's... Oh, yes, I'm doing the website. Yes. <laughs> click, click, click. Um... But yeah, somebody was saying, ah, well, what will happen is um, the baby will be adopted by, will be brought up by Emma or somebody. That's what one of the suggestions. What? Really? (gasps) Adam and Ian or somebody like that, that the baby will be adopted. No, I mean, it could, it could, it could be taken away from Alice, but there's no reason why the baby would be taken away from Chris though. Yeah. No, I don't think, I don't think they could do that anyway. I think it would be so heartbreaking. Mm. I mean, this isn't ITV drama. No. It's still Radio 4, guys. Come on. Come on, guys. We don't watch it for the drama. All she needs is a 10-minute chat with Linda Snell and she she won't be an alcoholic anymore. That's what will happen. Or Peggy. Peggy. I can't believe I missed that Peggy and Emma scene. I'm annoyed about that. Is Emma still cleaning for her or not? Uh, (laughs) It's so hard to keep up with people's careers. No, I know. (laughs) particularly Emma's because she does everything for everybody she uh wasn't it was uh, poor old Peggy had gone to the bridge farm tea tea rooms and you know this this they've suddenly remembered they've got an orchard oh yeah that's now got some chairs in it and a heat lamp so poor old Peggy who's 146 years old was sitting in the bloody garden in the snow and she kept saying manfully oh no I'm fine here under this heat lamp She's not a sodding tortoise. Let her inside. Put is it because they're on. doing outdoor dining? I presume. It's so confusing. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, it's annoying I missed all this. Sorry that this podcast has turned into me just catching up. <laughs> <laughs> Once when my... Because we when I was little, we always used to be obsessed with Coronation Street. And me and my neighbours always used to talk about it for some reason. When my sister went to South Africa for a year, she got a letter from my neighbour. And it was like, oh, dear Chloe, hope you're doing well. You know, good, good, blah, 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 this and this. And then she was like, you'll never guess, but Sarah's got pregnant and Gail can't believe it and everything's... (laughs) And so-and-so's been shot. And my sister read it and was like, oh, my God, we live in a tiny village. How could all this have happened in the space of six months? And, of course, Debbie was talking about Coronation Street. (laughs) But it's like that with the archers, isn't it? (laughs) 
<laughs> you could just turn up at someone's house and go, can you believe what Emma did last night? <laughs> I was walking, I was at a, the National Theatre uh, ages and ages and ages ago, obviously, and I left and my I was walking across the bridge and I was with my friends and um, my sister rang me to tell me that John Archer had been killed. Oh, and all my friends could hear was me going, what, he's dead? What? So it turned over on him. Oh my God, that's awful. You know, and Melanie was going, I could hear, I suddenly realised she was saying to, to Phil, who I was also with, she was saying, um, do you think we need to get a cab? Because she's going to have to go home quickly, you know. And then she was saying to me, do you need to go to A&E or something? And I said, what? I said, it's the archer. She said, oh, fuck, crying out loud. She was really cross because she was all looking forward to a nice bit of drama. Yeah, yeah. God, Lucy's hard as nails. Look at that. Her face has barely changed. What, he's dead? Oh. <laughs> Did you know that Brian had given them a massive check and that they were yes. going to spend it on? Okay. Yes, on their debt. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Brian, when Brian is like, where's the silver cross buggy? Yeah. <laughs> there won't be one. <laughs> when they're pushing it round in one of those hammock <laughs> ones that you get. <laughs> you get a, a amusement park. If it says Thorpe Park on the back, we'll know they're mixed. <laughs> uh, shall we do Mr. Newbie? Yes. And you can fill him in on all the bits he doesn't understand. <laughs> Good idea. Which will be a treat for everybody. Alice is Brian's daughter, I've yes. just discovered. And with that being so, I can't really blame her for drinking, to be honest. Here are Susan and Neil, Ambridge's very own Harpo and Chico. <laughs> I feel sorry for Neil, as does Brian, it turns out, because he'd admit to the hat and garden job if he thought it would help you. But I think Susan's not just quite so selfless, even if she is similarly naive. Down the Mr Newbie list you go, Susan. Back to Alice and Chris, who are planning to take the afternoon off together and spend it with a tub of ice cream in the back of a van, as far as I can make out. I mean, that's cute and everything, but after the nymphomanic antics of the last two weeks, it's all a bit, well, vanilla, really, isn't it? What is going on between Justin and Tony? Tony doesn't seem exactly thrilled to see Justin, but Justin is treating Tony like he owes him money. Presumably, Justin's only visiting Tony to keep Lillian sweet, but why? Why does Lillian care? Yeah. And why do Tony and Justin not like each other? And why have I not previously noticed how much Tony sounds like Frank Spencer? Neil <laughs> is adorable though, isn't he? Why is Tracy there? Is Susan her mum? Sister? Life coach? They're all in a bit of a pickle about some online unpleasantness, which is a sure sign that they've joined Twitter. Justin really is all business, eh? Perhaps that explains his bizarre behaviour with Tony earlier in the episode. He just felt like he had better things to do. I'm excited to find out what he considers to be something which he can do purely for the pleasure of it, though. Hand-carving filofaxes? Crocheting trouser presses? Peggy and Emma, who is new for me, start us off for Wednesday. I mentioned briefly on Twitter that I didn't know Emma and was deluged with tweets featuring unlikely sounding arrangements with several Grundy brothers and an upcycled coffee table, so it seems safe to say that Emma has a chequered history in Ambridge. Quite what the relationship between Emma and Peggy is, I'm not sure, and my brain hurts when I think about it. But what's clear now is there's a kind of poker game going on between them about Alice's alcoholism. And Peggy is stirring the shit about Chris, and I'm not sure why. Is it just for the fun of it? 
I think they might both be related to Chris, but it's all far too convoluted. And can't I just go back to listening to the cricket? That was much easier. <laughs> Shula wants to know whether she can help Neil. And even I know by now that the answer to that question is a resounding no. How the hell is this conversation suddenly all about Shula? <laughs> ah, now I think I understand. Peggy wasn't stirring the shit after all, the wee scamp. Emma is Chris's sister. They've fallen out about Alice, and Emma's realised after her conversation with Peggy that at this rate, she's not going to get to see the bye-bye. <laughs> Emma's come bearing, and this isn't something I expected to be writing in a script this week, I assure you, assault course-related gifts. <laughs> Can I just say, just to get it out there, that I think Shula's, uh, right? Ooh. It worked! The lure of free cake has enticed Alice in and now Emma's got her right where she wants her, which is sitting down with a cup of tea for a chat, slightly <laughs> disappointingly. No plates being thrown, no cake on the ceiling, just a chat. Despite my unquenchable thirst for drama, this is actually really well done and lovely. Aww. Two women who've fallen out and wish that they hadn't. Yeah. Sharing worries and experiences about childbirth and supporting each other and I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> Emma's regret that she might not be having any more children was quite poignant. I wouldn't say it made me hormonal, but if I hadn't had a vasectomy, <laughs> I'd definitely be getting in touch. <laughs> Emma doesn't seem universally she's popular lying. in the Archers universe, but so far, she's all right by me. Oh, yes, Emma is all right by all of us. Yeah. Uh, mm, which you w- which you would wouldn't you wouldn't know no. really would you? Um, uh, uh, so do, so Mr. Newbie thinks Shula was right in in telling Kirsty to something yeah. silly. Yeah. yeah, but now I no see I liked this twist now because I like the fact that now Kirsty is going to go and visit Philip, isn't she? Yeah, and be all sucky up to him, and the, I, I really like the way this is going. It's exciting. Why <laughs> anyone just ask Gavin? <laughs> But clearly they've because they've spoken to Gavin, haven't they? Because he's yeah. But why does Kirsty just speak to Gavin? No, but she hasn't got his number. She doesn't. She doesn't know where he is. The police clearly know where he is. Well, it's a hell of a lot easier to find him <laughs> than three trafficked total strangers who are deliberately trying to be hidden, aren't they? Isn't it? I mean, I know oh, if yeah, I start I putting on this call, the Gavin. old bloody show will unwind. But you know. <laughs> You're right. I really want them to bring Gavin back. Well, I think he's going to turn Queen's evidence or whatever it's called. Him and, and Kirsty are definitely going to get it on. That no! is yes, they are. Sure, they are. Yeah, Harriet, they're perfect are you for each other of now. Seeing a man and a woman without thinking they're going to have sex, they're going to have sex, they're going to have sex. Uh, no, no. <laughs> yes, o- Oliver and Tracy. You think that's not going? to No, I can't. No. Think that. No, that's not going to happen. If yeah. if that happens, I'll be really cross because no, you're right. It shouldn't. But Gavin's always been. He's had always have had a soft spot for Kirsty, and I and he turned into a nice guy in the end, didn't he? Well, as nice as a slave trafficker. No, but they shared. Was. They have that shared experience, uh, shared vulnerability. I think. Yeah. I think. It, I think they could make it work. Mm, okay. Mm. Or or Kirsty and Blake. <laughs> <laughs> oh no you're well, a very weird no. combination of almost psychotic <laughs> cynicism that you, that you would you would declare that your husband had had parts of his genitalia locked off 
<laughs> to get out of going to a dinner party. And then you're like Mrs. Slushy Pollyanna about well, everyone else. We don't know that Blake and I can't remember the other horses' names. We don't know <laughs> don't that they're... Stop the horses? <laughs> we God. don't know that they're not very happy with Victoria. Kenzie and Jordan. <laughs> That's it, Kenzie and Jordan. No, we we need we need an update now, I think, on, on where they are. Yes. I hope I hope they do that. I hope we do get a sort of um ending to this and i hope it, i hope it does get a bit itv drama having said it shouldn't i hope it does get a bit kirsty sort of wandering a dark moor at night you know opening God. an old caravan and yeah yeah they're being leather clad victoria there with a gun and yeah i want it to get more like that actually flipping laura i um <laughs> it hadn't crossed my mind that when she said i'm going to do it myself that she was going to go and visit philip yeah is she allowed well, she's why not is she, she be He's in prison and she's his wife. Yeah. Um, she said yeah, she but... was no longer a person of interest to the police, didn't she? Exactly. She's yeah. been let off, hasn't she, completely yeah. for some reason, just very overnight, quickly. Yeah, because Philip said, she said that Philip had said she's not. Oh, to do I with thought it. she said that Gavin had said. Oh, did I miss here again? <laughs> I thought she said Gavin had said, which is why I thought, oh, well, they found Gavin. No, I'm sure she said Philip said she wasn't. Oh, I'm going to have to re listen, but God knows what episode it was. No. <laughs> I just can't bring myself ask to. Ask BBC Sounds. I'll ask Alexa. <laughs> what is The Archers? Do you mean KSI? Do you mean music? <laughs> Potting compost. Waitrose opens at 10 a.m. What? Shall I put this on your shopping list? <laughs> and then, bing, I've taken £2.79 from your bank account. <laughs> no one's got an Alexa in Ambridge. No. <laughs> I've never heard it going off every two seconds. They'd have to call it something else, wouldn't they? Like Bolexa or. <laughs> Can you imagine Emma going, OK, Google. <laughs> Hey Google, set alarm for four a.m. What time does the um, chicken factory open? Oh, oh your my Google's God, gone off. <laughs> Hush, Google now. We've started calling Alexa darling, and she hates it. <laughs> she won't do anything if you call. If you say Alexa darling, she 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 comes on, but she will not respond because she knows you're taking the piss. <laughs> I can hear what you're saying, and when you ask properly, she I doesn't don't... even say I don't know that one. She just does that um noise. <laughs> Basically, is fuck off. Shula, 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 Shula. Every time she... anyone says I need to talk to you, she says, "Well, anyway, I've been thinking about me." It's unbelievable. Also, I mean, honestly, Shula, you are so unvickering, unvickeringly. Even telling Kirsty off. I feel like she could have done it in a much more sympathetic yeah. understanding. Instead of basically saying, you want me to do that for your own guilt, just try and be a bit more gentle, perhaps. Yes. She is not vickering material, that woman. She really isn't. No. And when she, do you imagine the damage she'll do when she's got the flipping <laughs> collar on? The unsuspecting people. I mean, like, people in Ambridge know now, and they'll just give her a wide berth, I'd imagine. But there'll be other people that won't realise that she <laughs> Noony in a dog collar. She sort of said to Kirsten, she said, I can't believe, just think about what you're asking me to do. I can't believe you've done that. And I thought, you're supposed to be non-judgmental, you silly gal. Yes. But, you know, Neil goes to her and says, I want to talk to you. And she says, oh, Neil, I feel terrible. 
I went to, you know, I went to see Philip Moss. And then Kirsty comes and says, I want to talk to you. And she says, oh, Kirsty, I feel terrible. I want to see Philip. You think, shut up. Nobody, just listen to What's them. It? It, whoopee do you went to see Philip yeah. Moss. That's what you, that's what you are supposed to be doing in yeah. your new role as a sort of, you know, superhuman vicar. Yeah. That's what you're supposed she's to do. You don't have to... She's barely human. That's no, the well, yeah. She's just got no uh, <laughs> empathy. Just, as long as it relates to her, she can understand it. But anything outside yeah. that, she's just like, nope, no idea what you're on about. <laughs> anyway, that's enough about me. What do you think about me? You know, oh, God. Mind you, I don't care. I mean, do what you want, Sheila. I'm not that interested. <laughs> Carry on being a vicar or not being a vicar, whatever. <laughs> oh, it's know. like the rewilding. My heart yes. just stinks if yes. I hear yes. either Phoebe, Rex or Shula. <laughs> oh, rewilding was in the paper this week. Oh. And they were talking about, re- wait, he braced for this. Yes. Reintroducing yeah. bison as part of <gasps> rewilding. Wow. Oh, my God, I'd love that. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I get nervous oh. driving past New Forest ponies. The idea of having to, you know, go wandering around a National Trust property and it there's would... a herd of bison snorting at you. It would have a fence. No, because it's wild, isn't it? Oh, God. Oh, they literally like wild ponies. They could be galloping around ponies. the shop oh, in Ambridge. <laughs> in London will turn, you know, like in, in olden days Ireland when there were just horses everywhere. Yes. Yeah, it'll be, like be just that. like that, but with bison. But it'll be all right because wow. Pip and Rex and Phoebe are in control of the bison in Ambridge. What could I, possibly... They I can't think... even keep cows in. The cows are always getting out. Look, give it a go. It'll be fun. It's novel. Somebody somewhere is now hurriedly going through the BBC sound effects library thinking, what the fuck does a bison sound like? Can we get away with like I, a really big moo or something? In my shower that I made this week, I really wanted those high heel sound effects, you know, that ca- I just couldn't find any. I found I, some! <laughs> I found some and I put them in Ambridge on the couch for oh, Natasha oh, when yes. she's leaving. Oh, she goes, yeah, cop, 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 cop. Oh, yes, you did. Only you and the BBC have that sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> It's not on any of the free websites. <laughs> now, I think the more animals, the better. The more animals in this country, the better. Herds of wildebeests sweeping majestically across the plain. I want that. I can't believe you get frightened of those new forest ponies. Only because They're one shoved t- its head through the window and tried to lick me chalk ice. That's why. <laughs> had you stopped your car? I had. <laughs> Well, that's the why. Saying, Look, mummy, horses! <laughs> and the bloody thing went for me. <laughs> Serves you right. <laughs> what do you mean, stop my car? I wasn't going to do mow them down. No! Masses of them. Oh, they were in front of you. Oh, yes, okay. they don't move. They just stare no. you down. It's like yes, you have they to do. go through a toll. I, I always like that, though. That always sort of make it confirms your yes. position in life. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's yeah. the wrong phrase. Stop but... for sheep. I know what you mean. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes. yeah. Yes. They own the yep. world, not us. Yeah. So Quite that right. <laughs> doesn't stop me eating them. No. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, we have. Can we do the emails now? Because oh, t- we've got some. Yeah, brill. Would you like to hear them? Yes, please. Okay. This is from Helen Sherwood, who says, "Hi, Lucy, Harriet, and of course, Mister Newby. Know Hi, of course Helen. about it, Helen." 
I just wanted to say a massive hurrah and thank you. I cannot tell you how lovely it is to hear the two of you giggle away and the Week in Ambridge synopsis is just so funny. Nothing serious, no politics. Some, well, quite a lot of opinion, but nothing brash or controversial. I'm brash, Helen. I don't know what you mean. Listening to the Archers is pure escapism despite some of the more challenging storylines and you all take it to the next level. Please keep it up. Thank oh, you very much, thank Helen. Thank you, Helen. We will. Yes. Oh, and by the way, contrary to uh, opinion that was being banded around on Twitter this week, I noticed, uh, uh, Mr. Newby is not part of some modern slavery thing. That, uh, he, he appears what, to be the... trying to drum up support Do for him. Do you own him? Kid. Well, <laughs> someone asked him why he started listening to The Archers, and he said, because Lucy made me. <laughs> so then there seemed to be some sort of flurry of concern that he was actually being bullied into listening to it. Oh, the irony. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and um, uh, he, he made it worse by saying that we didn't let him out for a wee and he, he only got fed if he gave, his, gave us his monologues. So none of this is true. He is allowed a wee and he gets fed every Tuesday. Don't worry about it. Um, now... One from uh, Iris uh, in Germany. No, not Iris. Oh, Iris in Germany. Yeah. She said, um, oh, yes, it's because there was a slight issue before uh, with the old podcast disappearing and reappearing. In an no, place. not a technical issue with our podcast, <laughs> Lucy. Your face, come on. Um, she said, dear Coucheresses. Your, I love that. Your devoted community is going to follow you around no matter how many times we have to refollow. Um, <laughs> Mr. Newbie's personal appearance is a huge benefit on the couch. <laughs> Being a newbie myself compared to you as lifelong fans, I feel reminded of the first weeks when I couldn't tell Susan from Clary or David <laughs> from any other middle-aged man. Mr. Newbie so neatly portrays his week in Ambridge that everybody can share his experience, which is pretty much the same as any newbie to a close community has to undergo, slowly and painstakingly identifying layer after layer of a strange but fascinating fabric. Go for it. See you on the couch, Iris. <laughs> Thanks, Iris. I presume you're hoping to see Mr. Newbie on the couch, not us, but I don't <laughs> yes. know. Yes, yes, under that fabric. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, Bernadette Maguire said, Have we noticed, dear Lucy Harriet, have you noticed that the exorcist on the Poltergeist podcast is Tony Archer? What is that true? Yes, he's very. But you good. didn't mention it before because uh, it, he hadn't been up. That uh, they, that when I first listened to the Poltergeist thing, he hadn't appeared yet as the Exorcist. He's really good. He's such a good. Um, uh, he's such a t- good t- the actor. Yeah. Yes, but when he does Tony in the Archers, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think? Because I've heard him on other stuff and he is a brilliant actor, but when he's Tony, he's just... But because I think when Tony has a good, decent script... Right, rather than being doddering old... When he has a good bit of business, he's fine. When when all he's doing is moaning... Mm, Or tinkering. It's really, yeah... Tinkering and moaning. Yes. It doesn't give you much opportunity to get your teeth into anything. I suppose, yeah, to be fair, he's just playing Tony, isn't he? So, yeah, and yeah. Tony is Moany Tony. Aimless. Moany Tony. Aimless. Yeah. 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 And Owen Kiffin, who said, um, <laughs> glad to say 
Mrs. Kiffin likes the podcast very much, so I can listen in shared spaces and not just on headphones. There is a man who has been... <laughs> I, hope the, I hope the Kiffins eat Tiffin yeah. while they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, yeah. On the subject of headphones, I have just finished Saturday chores, including emptying the chemical toilet. For confusing <laughs> reasons, we find ourselves living on a narrow boat through the pandemic. Oh, wow. This was achieved in driving sleet, snow and bitter cold. Oh, I may not have God. survived, but your comment about what is the point of Russ pulled me back from the brink and prevented me from disappearing into the living white hell like Captain Oates. Thank you. Well, thank you, Owen. I'm very glad that you didn't disappear into a pile of sludgy <laughs> frozen sewage oh, that that's really made me laugh appalling um <laughs> and hello Mrs. Kiffin, and i'm glad you like the podcast too and thank you for letting owen listen to it without his headphones on <laughs> <laughs> yes. haven't we got nice listeners oh so nice i just can we just listen to emails or, or podcast <laughs> well, yes we need more people to email in otherwise oh, we can't listen okay. to them so you need to email us on averageonthecouch at gmail.com. That's averageonthecouch at gmail.com. <laughs> and uh, now we're going to play Kate Robbins in a minute. Oh, yay! She is, she's an actress, a comedian, a voice artist and Archer's supervan. And uh, for listeners overseas who may not know this, her daughter Emily Atak. Uh, just appeared on our version of I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. And she didn't win, did she? She was second, was she? She did win, didn't she? No, that Giovanna What's It woman was. No, that was it. <laughs> they were called Lucy Keepop. <laughs> Giovanna How was this year. <laughs> says the woman on an Archer's podcast who hasn't listened to the Bleeding Archers. <laughs> Emily won the jungle oh. last year or the year before. I can't remember. Oh. Anyway, here is me on a very wobbly internet connection, <laughs> talking to Kate Roberts. I first started listening to The Arches, and I think it was about 2015. I'd heard, I don't remember when Nigel fell off the roof, but I think it was post then, because I'd heard that he'd um, had this catastrophe, and I thought, that might be a good dramatic thing to listen to on the radio. Because um, up to then, I'd always thought, The Arches, oh, that sounds dull. And then, of course, I got hooked, lined, and sinkered in. <laughs> Absolutely love it. How can a little radio show get all this attention? You know, I just thought it was great, oh, and okay. um, and I and I just I, I first the thing that struck me was the way all these people had these elderly parents. You know, people in their fifties and sixties still have parents alive, and then you know they're such long-standing characters, and you realise people like Jill, and um, yeah, Peggy Woolley. You realise that you know they, they've been in it since the year dot. And it's just fantastic. I mean, what a long-running series. It's just amazing. I love it. I absolutely love it. Some of the characters drive me mad. Linda drives me mad. Um, Elizabeth Pargeter drives me bonkers. In fact, yeah, she's she's very annoying. But brilliantly performed by Alison Dowling. I mean, all of the characters that annoy you, are, it just shows they're doing their job well, I think. doing The actors are doing their job. If you could come in as a, as a character... Who would you like to be? Which family would you like to join or where would you like to live? Oh, I think I'd like to be on um, Tracy's family. Yeah, I'd like to be a Horobin. I think I'd love to be a Horobin if I came into it. Yeah, I love <laughs> I love Tracy. I love what's going on with her. And um, oh, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting all the names. Jazza. Just, Jazza. Yeah, her and Jazza. That 
That's a nice little storyline going on, isn't it? The, the theme of the podcast is um, uh, the therapy bus visiting Ambridge and uh, the various lunatics uh, in the village being, being analysed. So if you could get somebody on the couch, so to speak, and, and therapise them, who would it be? I, what would you say? I think say? the person I would get on the couch would have to be Elizabeth. I think she's been through such a lot. You've got to remember she had heart surgery many years ago um, when she first married Nigel, apparently. I mean, I read that somewhere. And then her husband falls off the roof of Lower Loxley. And then, you know, lovely Freddie gets in with wrong-uns and he ends up in jail for dealing drugs. I mean, poor Elizabeth. And then, oh, oh no, before that, before that, she has an affair with Roy. Yeah. Who's, you know, I think he was someone else's partner at he the was, time. He was, he was Haley's partner. I thought Elizabeth was going to have an affair with Russ when he started dating Lily um, because they were very close, weren't they, at first? And she started talking a little bit sexy to him. And um, I thought, oh, that's it. Her and Russ are going to end up rolling round on the old carpets of Lower Loxley. But uh, we shall have to wait and see, won't we, if that happens. But I do... Um, I'd love to see that develop her and Elizabeth and Russ. That's the sort of thing Elizabeth will do. You see, she's messing around with Vince at the moment. And this is another reason she needs to see a psychiatrist. Because, or psychiatric help of some kind. I'm sorry, that Vince is one of the most repulsive characters that's ever come into the Archers. What is she thinking? That Brummy accent drives me bonkers. Although I do love Brummy accents normally, but on him I hate it. And I just think... What would be really good would be she gets over this thing with Vince and then Russ comes on to her. That would be a great storyline, would wouldn't it? It would destroy her and Lily. It would destroy her and Lily's relationship, but imagine what great radio that would make. <laughs> You've got to think of the storylines, you know. I mean, what Helen went through and it's... They really do cover cover most things, don't they? And and I do think it's, it's you know, I mean, we're joking about her rolling around the carpets on Lower Loxley, but... You know, I think it is an exemplary, um, well, there's only what a radio, there's no other radio series in the world like it, is there? No. I mean, I don't think other countries bother with drama radio series. And it, it, it's not soap opera, it's drama. I never know whether to save it up for the weekend or listen for 15 minutes every day. So it's quite a, it's quite a decision I have to make every week now. What am I going to do? Binge listen? <laughs> Or have a daily listen. <laughs> if you could, if you could go out, an archer's man, who would it be? Oh, that's a really good question. If I could date somebody, um, I wouldn't want to date any of them, to be honest. Maybe Alistair. He's quite, he's quite nice. I think he might have a latent sex drive that isn't really. <laughs> After Shula, I think anybody would really seem really great, wouldn't they? <laughs> While Shula's in the stables, you see, there's still something between those two, isn't there? Do you sympathise with Lizzie in terms of her children? Because obviously you have your daughter is is uh, uh, extremely famous at the moment. So yes, it's funny you, you calling of, her Lizzie. I never think of her as Lizzie. Them. Yes, I think yeah. with Elizabeth, and I can't bring myself to call her Lizzie. She's Elizabeth and always will be. Um, I think I do sort of relate to her really because she's got these, you know, these two kids, and I've got three sort of similar age. I think, and. Um, 
you know, they've been through a lot losing their dad and yeah, you know, I, I, I think the sort of age of her children probably makes me relate to her a little bit more. And um, I like to try and imagine myself rolling around Lower Loxley. I mean, it must be, um, I think it'd be pretty depressing mm. living there, actually. I always imagine it to be dark and dismal, do you? Yeah, absolutely. A gothic pile. Yes, cold. gothic. Cold. Yeah. Depressing, yeah. gothic, yeah. yuck. Yeah. And that's just Russ. <laughs> <laughs> Co-presenter Harriet is a huge fan of yours and a huge fan of your daughter's. And she said, would you ever consider going into the jungle? I would love to go into the jungle because having been there and seen um, what Emily went through, I mean, it would be great. I wouldn't be scared. Yes, I would. I wouldn't be terrified. Yes, I would. No, I think it'd be great. I, I love programmes like that. It's really, really good fun. And it was the best experience of her life, actually. And she um, she really took off after that because she'd done loads of movies up to that point that hadn't really done much. And then she goes into the jungle yeah. and people get to hear what this so-called glamour girl is really like. And she was just herself and she was funny and, you know, the Emily that we know and love. And um, I think it... I think it did her lots of good indeed. <laughs> it wouldn't be um, lockdown if there weren't technical issues. <laughs> I know, considering that all of us have developed an almost pathologically close relationship <laughs> with our phones and technology in general, you'd think we were better at it by now, but no. Because <laughs> if you listen to, you know, the Louis Theroux podcast, you know, which is all remote, but he has a producer sorting all the technical stuff out. Yes. And we don't have access to one yet. No, not until one of one of our listeners is a producer and he's not declaring him or herself, I'm sure. Because ferret them out. If we had a producer, then when we were doing things like um, Ambridge on the Couch in therapy, you wouldn't be recording with an open bottle of Verve Clicone <laughs> next to your microphone. <laughs> I got told, ladies and gentlemen, I got told off by Harriet, who said, why are you fizzing? So I don't think I'm fizzing. She said, you are. It's coming out in your mic. You're fizzing. I want everybody to listen closely. Fizzing performance by Lucy Freeman. Probably, probably. It just really made me laugh. <laughs> How can Lucy not hear it? Because Lucy's in a world of her own. I think you've established it. Oh. I have some very good news for you. You know that you oh, yeah. are a big fan of Kate Robbins because yes. she was like your inspiration, wasn't she, yes. when you were starting out? Yes, she was. At the end of my interview with her, when the internet had finally collapsed and was going on its back with its legs <laughs> in the air, she said, she said, did you want me to do any, any Archer's voices? And I said, well, can you do any? You know, it was quite a difficult, you know, conversation. Uh, she said, well... I can, she said, I, I've tried to do Susan Carter, but she said she just ends up going to Birmingham. And right. then she said, anyway, there's this girl who does all of them and she is so brilliant at them. <laughs> I don't even bother. And I went, I felt like a parent. I went, that's Harriet. That's Harriet. <laughs> what if it wasn't me? Of course. And she said, oh, yes, that's right, Harriet. And I said, yes, she's my co-presenter. She is amazing. She said, yes. She said, she's just incredible. She said, I can't compete with that, so I'm not even going to try. Oh, that's really nice. Yes. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's made me all blushy. <laughs> Honestly, though, you should have heard me. I did sound like, you know. <laughs> like, a, like a proud puppy owner. I know, no, it was like I was at school prize. Oh, like, that's my oh, Harriet. That's so nice. She's just won the egg and spoon. <laughs> <laughs> that is really nice. And now we cross to Ambridge itself to hear what's going on on the therapist's couch. 
Who have we got today, Jeff? Oh, uh, Natasha Archer. Archer? That's familiar. We've had a few of them, I think. Let's see. Hi. Is this the therapy bus? It is. Come in and sit down, Mrs Archer. Thanks. I feel a bit of a fraud coming here, really, but I just wanted a bit of a reality check. Of course. What's the problem? Well, first off, have you met any archers yet? I was just thinking that name has come up in discussions with other clients, yes. I'll bet it has. Well, I'm one. In name, anyway. I married into them. It's like marrying into the mafia, you know. There's a conspiracy of silence about how peculiar they are. And if you speak out, you get shot like a badger. I don't mind that. You know, all families are a bit weird, aren't they? It's just I think I've married the wrong lot. Oh, you you have feelings for someone else? No, no. The one I married, Tom, he's nice enough. Bit thick, but no real harm to him. But I had sort of imagined when we met that there was a thriving business that I could link mine to. I have orchards, you see. Grow fruit trees, supposedly. Although I don't spend any time there, the more emails I send, the more fruit there is. That's how it works. And I make the fruit into juice. Don't ask me how. There's never any detail about that, but just go with the picture. Trees, fruit... Fruit juice, yeah? Yes. And Tom, my husband, he lives at Bridge Farm. When we met, he went on and on about an organic empire. There's a dairy, cattle, lots of land, a tea shop, a delivery service, an orchard everyone had forgotten about. Sounded great. But the reality is... The reality is, they're all nuts. Pat, my mother-in-law, she keeps goats when she remembers about them and she makes soup. It's like a full-time job, that bloody soup. My father-in-law buys wrecked cars and welds bits of wheelbarrow to them when he can't find the right bit anywhere else. Sometimes he goes round the village with a Geordie lady and tries to communicate psychically with people's cats. My sister-in-law, the one who runs the dairy, well, she's in a fantasy world. That does sound worrying. It is. She says she runs a dairy, but there's nothing there. It's just an empty shed with a load of yoghurt pots in it. She puts on a hairnet thing and a white coat she stole from the back of a door in boots, and she just sits there, humming to herself and pouring yoghurt from one plastic pot into another. Well, that's unusual. Unusual? She used to have staff, you know, two ladies from the village she used to sit there and gossip and colour in sticky labels to stick on the empty pots. Sometimes they all get together and have what they call a business meeting. They all sit around the table with a colouring pad and some crayons and whoever does the best drawing of a cow gets to go and ask Tony's mum for more money. This sounds incredible. I'll tell you what's incredible, that I fell for it. Me, Capel Keurig Businesswoman of the Year. I mean, it was just me and that man that ran the burger van, and that counted against him a bit, being Businesswoman of the Year. But still, I realised they were all mental. But I thought, hang in there, Natasha. Soon the old lady will pop her clogs and Tony will be in line for the big payout and all that. But I've just discovered she absolutely hates him. Every time she gets bored, she writes a new will as it is. 
and the chances of Tony staying in there if her birthday message is anything to go by are nil. Okay, okay. do you think you need to rethink your marriage? Is that what you're saying? No, I think I need to rethink my business, actually. I was banking on a bit of capital coming in from Bridge Farm, but honestly, the whole thing might as well be made out of yoghurt. It's so unstable. Okay, how does your husband spend his days? He delivers veg. Oh, the box delivery scheme. Well, you'd think, wouldn't you? But no, not boxes. He likes to deliver the veg one at a time. He calls it a bespoke service, but really he just likes driving around in his van shaped like a massive turnip, while I'm sitting in a tiny flat above a shop. Nowhere to go, no one to see. There's not even a Space NK in Borsetshire. It's so behind, it's got a Chelsea girl. I'm sorry, I'm getting a bit confused here. What did you mean when you said you'd married into the wrong lot? Well, I should have held out for one of the Brookfield Archer boys, or even Pip. I reckon I could turn her if I did a smoky eye and wore my leather jeggings. But no, I had to go and pick King of the Sausages. Oh, have you considered relate? Relate? The last thing I need is more bloody relations. I've got hundreds now, half of them I've never even seen. No, thank you. Nope, it's back to the drawing board for Natasha's juices. Now, if you don't mind, I'll just dash off. I've just seen Alistair Lloyd go past. I mean, it's a long shot, but vets earn a ton of money. And he's properly divorced now. Ta-da! <sighs> Jeff, do you reckon Bridge Farm was the one that smelled so strongly when we drove past? There was a man out the front in a patterned cardigan and that lady was running away from a little boy waving a hammer. Blimey, what a crew. <laughs> So that's that. There'll be another podcast up next week, so subscribe to us on iTunes and you will never miss an episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at ambridgeonthecouch at gmail.com. That's ambridgeonthecouch at gmail.com. We are at on Ambridge on Twitter, or you can follow Mr. Newbie, like apparently the rest of the world, on Twitter <laughs> at newbiecouch. <laughs> and in the meantime, it's goodbye from both of us. Goodbye. Bye. And have a lovely week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. Mm. 